Hello and welcome on The Barricades. This is your favorite political show delivered to you by Eastern European uh, academics, uh, journalists, activists. And uh, I'm Boyan Stanislavski. I'm, I'm one of the co-hosts of the show in the box. Beneath me, you can see Maria Chernan, who is the co-host of the show. Hi. Hello, Maria. And in the big box on the left or right side, depending on which <laughs> how you look at it, is Stanislav Bishok, our special guest, a Russian political scientist, a Russian commentator, uh, and uh, and a friend of the show, I think I, I should say. You've been here a couple of times already. So this is a continuation of our discussion. This is the second segment, uh, actually, on uh, the matters, uh, on the Ukrainian-Russian matters, Russian-Ukrainian matters, the the, the war, the uh, the outcome of uh, the first stages of that war, the sanctions. We're going to, you know, analyze it all step by step. And, uh, okay, Maria, off to you, please. Thank you. Thank you, Boyan. So since this, uh, this military invasion and this conflict started, I saw an interesting dynamics in our show. I mean, Boyan, I think, is getting more and more excited with what's going on and discusses things. And I'm getting more and more scared and depressed by the day because uh, from my perspective, and I tend to see things in very practical terms. I remember you asked me at some point, uh, are we ready, Bulgaria and Romania, to demilitarize if the NATO bases are gone and uh, for me this sounds like conflict and i tend to to interpret all these things in very practical terms and this is why i would ask if you'd like to share with us and with our viewers how did your life changed after all this madness started because at some point you you told us that you have to pay more for the goods you paid uh, several years ago uh, maybe half of the sum. So how, how did it change for the Russian? The last, uh, the last days, you mean, probably, right? Well, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Maria, I, I should say that actually, you know, uh, all of my plans just basically disappeared. And uh, the the very horizon of planning now, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very narrow. For example, uh, at the very beginning of March, I planned to visit Bulgaria so as to get an American approved vaccine, so as to be able to go to New York uh, in May. Uh, and so now I'm not sure it, it, it would happen in, in the near future. So some would say that uh, this uh, uh, destruction of plans has nothing to do. It, it's, in, uh, it's not comparable with the with the actual war or military operation and people who flee their houses, etc., etc. Yes, but the question is about my personal life. I am a Muscovite, so I'm used to a certain uh, amount of comfort, etc., etc. So, uh, and nobody asked me prior to these uh, military operation whether or not I support it or uh, whatnot. And moreover, or if you want to give up the comfort that you. Uh, moreover, <laughs> yes. uh, several days ago, uh, Visa and Mastercard card decided to. Uh, stop its uh, uh, operations uh, for for the Russian um, for the Russian holders uh, uh, in, uh, uh, in in other con in, uh, in in foreign countries other than Russia. Meaning that I'm as a as a Russian citizen who has these cards, I can no longer uh, pay for my App Store uh, subscriptions and, and and Netflix subscriptions and whatnot. So uh, it's uh, it is something that every person like feels, especially the person who is uh, uh, more, more, let's say, connected to the world. And it's a, it's a 
it's a paradox of all these sanctions, generally speaking, not only these particular sanctions, but globally sanctions against Iran, sanctions against Cuba, Cuba North Korea, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, like ideologically, these sanctions are against the nasty governments or whatnot, against the regimes, uh, but uh, uh, regular people suffer. So yeah. if some uh, uh, some say that it's it's against Putin's cronies or against some oligarchs, no, everybody uses MasterCard and Visa card. I mean, even the poorest people now use these cards. So and now they are uh, they are in trouble. Of course, we will get over get over it because we have a, in Russia we have a, a national uh, card system called Mir Peace, right? So we, inside inside uh, there are no problems in in these transactions inside Russia, but still ordinary people are uh, uh, also like affected by, by the sanctions from, from from day one. Okay, and what will happen in a couple of months or, or, or years, uh, I, I, I fail to predict because uh, to the best of my knowledge, once again, I do not have any inside information about the Kremlin, but they were not prepared for, let's say, uh, they were prepared for, uh, for, for the uh, state-based uh, sanctions like the, from the United States, from the European Union, etc., etc. But they were not prepared that uh, uh, that private companies uh, mm. would also stop operating in in, in Russia, be it like uh, uh, um, auto uh, pr producers or be it like food producers, food chains, or even clothing like H and M, like even for even uh, clothing uh, uh, chains for uh, for ordinary people, uh, right? So, but they they followed suit and some. Some in Russia say that they were just playing by the by the rules of the West, or they they have been under pressure from Washington. I don't know what what's what's behind it, but generally speaking, if, if the if the general attitude in in the West and elsewhere is that uh, Russia is an aggressor, so you do not have to be a puppet of. Uh, uh, of Washington to like follow suit because for, for them I, I believe it's uh, they they, they uh, all these uh, uh, private uh, companies maybe they, they think that it, it's a good and it's a it's a moral way to stop operating in Russia, right? So well, that's that's a, that's a very complicated question I would say because you know uh, my 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 view on this is that you know those companies provided that they are private companies and that they are major players in international capitalism for them it must be terrifying. From the point of view of you know all the losses that they're going to uh, that they're going to have to inquire, like one way or another. I mean, Russia, whatever you want to think about it. Okay, many people are poor. That's that's a fact. Uh, but but like, come on, it's like we're talking about 150 million people or something like that that were you know up until a few days ago were able to whatever purchase Western clothing or clothing from Western companies, like most of it produced in Bangladesh, probably or whatever. But or or you know uh, Western uh, Western technology, basically, right? The iPhones and you know, I don't want to name brands. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't make any sense now. But uh, obviously, you know, this is an attempt not just to uh, uh, to yeah to sanction Russia, but to actually you know wipe it off somehow. Like you know to, to just I don't know make people forget that Russia exists or I don't know, cancel it. Maybe that's cancel, very modern. yes, yes, the ultimate yeah. cancellation so, game. 
Yeah, so the ultimate consolation game is like, you know, to try and make the, like, people forget that Russia has ever existed and that it has any input in the international culture and the civilizational development and all the rest of it. Maybe we can talk about that a little later. But here, I want to, uh, you know, I want to focus on, on on the question of, uh, of okay, so... The sanctions, you said it, that, you know, there are people in Moscow, there are people in Petersburg, there are people probably in some other major urban centers, not as big as those two that I just uh, mentioned, but probably accustomed to some kind of comfort and some kind of level of life and some kind of access uh, to those those items and to those uh, processes and technologies that were that were present in in, uh, Russia, thanks to the fact that it was partially Okay, integrated with the Western, uh, with the Western economy, with the Western hemisphere, if you like, and you know some mm, middle class maybe people, they are going to be directly affected by that. I mean, in a sense that you know they they want to use their iPhones, they want to use their whatever fancy shoe, sports shoes, and stuff like that. They want to drink Coke. They want to you know have this kind of Western. Western lifestyle, at least partially, okay. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that you know the fact that this happened in such an orchestrated manner that you know apart from the sanctions, there was another attempt. And please push back if you feel that this is some kind of crazy interpretation. But I feel that except for the sanctions, which were, uh, which were trying to provoke some sort of nightmare, immediate nightmare for uh, the Russian economy which did not occur yet. I mean, not to the extent that they were ex- expecting it, at least. But they were also trying to, you know, make it very difficult for that layer of the Russian society that is directly benefiting or was directly benefiting from Russia being too partially integrated with the West. And they would, they were hoping probably that those people now without their phones, you, you know, fancy mobile phones, without their, you know, latest model of sports shoes, without their... I don't know, uh, colorful shirts or, you know, whatever other things that they desire, they would just stand up, take this to the streets and, and you know, uh, take down the Russian government because they just can't leave without their, their Adidas shoes and their iPhone mobile phones. So do you think that this is a correct uh, reading of the situation that they were trying, like, on the one hand, to really, you know, drop this economic atomic bomb on Russia and then on the other hand, they were trying to, to perhaps squeeze the people that they thought are vulnerable to such actions like, you know, deprived from their Adidas or Nikes or whatever, that they will go and, 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 and somehow make it really difficult for Putin to be there. Well, uh, Boyan, uh, generally speaking, I do not believe in master plans and in like uh, uh, all sorts of things. And I, I do not uh, ascribe uh, genius to those people who are responsible for uh, implementing sanctions. Okay, so some people just think, from my point of view, we should do something about it. We should do something about it. Let's impose sanctions. Okay, let's impose sanctions. They do not work. Uh, no uh, sanctions, uh, no no san- sanctioned countries in the world uh, like uh, uh, change their governments or change their regime. Doesn't doesn't mean, uh, that doesn't matter. Just let, let's sanction them. That's it, because uh, to, to the best of my knowledge, the, the only, uh, the only uh, case uh, in which, the only country case in which uh, sanctions led to a regime change is South Africa, mm-hmm. period. I mean, all, all the rest are, are there and their regimes are not uh, more democratic than they used to be, like uh, uh, Cuba, like uh, North Korea or Iran. 
So in, in this case, it, it's just, you know, there are certain like reflective actions which are stupid, but they, which are like uh, in a way emotionally driven. Uh, I mean, as a, once again, as, as a person who, <laughs> once again, is affected by the, by the sanctions, it, it, it gets me like uh, more comfort, so to speak, to, to, uh, to, 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 to know that those with billions and billions of dollars are as stupid and as uh, emotionally driven as us ordinary people, right? So in, the, in this case, I mean, the idea that <laughs> sanctions would, would lead uh, to, to a regime change, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Once again, it, it never worked, say for uh, South, South Africa. And why would this work nowadays? I mean, uh, I, I, don't see, I do not see a point here. And the problem, uh, Boyan, is not that uh, the the middle class would be deprived of certain like uh, of Netflix and whatnot. The problem is that, uh, as you rightly said, uh, Russia is very much integrated into world economy. And for example, uh, half of our uh, half of our uh, planes, maybe more than half, they are foreign produced. And even those which are produced uh, uh, domestically, they have certain like certain details, certain elements which are produced. By, mm -hmm. by Western companies, which are now sanctioned in Russia. Some say that, oh, doesn't matter, we would buy like the same details in China and elsewhere. But there was a point uh, why we bought these details from Western companies and not from China. Because the Western components are just better and more safe, especially if, you, if you're speaking I I with about such complex things as airplanes. Right as 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 passenger passenger planes. That's the problem. The same applies to to cars. The same applies to a lot of other things. And you know what? Uh, in the 1990s and early 2000s, a lot of uh, uh, patriotic critics of Yeltsin regime, they claim that Yeltsin made uh, uh, Russia just a uh, just a resource-based sort of semi-colony of the West. And what do we see now? when we're deprived of many technologies uh, from the West. We are still degrading, or there is, a, there is a possibility, unfortunately, of degrading into exactly the same thing. So we uh, sell oil, gas, some raw materials to the West and get like some, something, something from the West, but not technologies, just some, uh, some products. That's, and we don't know for how long, by the way, it might also end soon. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, there are a lot of people here in Russia who are just, uh, who want to rely on China. But China mm. is China. I mean, it's, it's neither our friend nor our foe. China is China. So, well, but they uh, are your strategic partner. I mean, well, that's, generally that's speaking, I mean, the, the Russian market is, uh, is smaller than the, the Western markets, right? So, and if, uh, I'm not sure that uh, uh, China would yield to, to the pressure to stop uh, uh, selling some things to Russia. But generally speaking, if I were the Chinese leader and I would uh, be given this, uh, uh, this, uh, this possibility of losing the Russian market or losing, let's say, Western markets, uh, the, the, the answer is unfortunately very, very simple. So, yes, so yes. what you're trying to say, just to specify, what you're trying to say is that, okay, I mean, many people rely on China and they think like, okay, China's going to save us, it's the biggest or like almost the biggest economy in the world. And, and you know, they can, they can help us. We've got this strategic uh, partnership, which has been, con uh, 
you know, confirmed and reconfirmed time after time, you know, Putin and Xi like coming out together, shaking hands, exchanging smiles and hugs and all the rest of it. But you say like, come on, in the final aftermath, money talks, right? Like, so if they are going to be put, uh, you know, uh, if they're going to be given the choice, like you either give up uh, the entire Western hemisphere and you continue trading with Russia, which is going to continue developing all kinds of, you know, turmoil and economic problems. So it's not really a certain, a market with a lot of certainty that you can count on, right? Right now, at least. So they're, they're just going to say, like, guys, I mean, you started the war, you knew where it's all going to go, probably. Or if you didn't know, then it's sorry, but, well, you should have known. And, uh, and they're just, they could just, you know, they could just not necessarily adhere to uh, to their end of those confirmations and reconfirmations is that is that what you're trying to actually say here? Yeah, something something like this. And you know, uh, once again, as a political scientist, I want to just uh, to to be detached detached from 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 being uh, a Russian citizen as well. Mm. Uh, for example, just for example, uh, there are problems in let's say in Mexico drug cartels and whatnot right. and if the united states launched a full-scale military operation in in mexico so as to uh to stop all these uh, to demilitarize them to demilitarize, to demilitarize them and to <laughs> decartelize them yeah. right of course there would be a lot of outrage in the world and of course there would be certain like sanctions or at least attempts to impose sanctions against the uh, United States for for what they're doing. So in, in this case, you couldn't say that, I mean, all the world just hated the United States for forever, and now they just have an excuse to impose sanctions. It would mm -hmm. be, well, a bit, a, bit, a bit too simplistic, right? But now, when the sanctions are imposed against Russia, some in Russia, well, many in Russia, including like certain uh, political figures, say that, well, we have we have been under we have been in 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 conflict with the West for for eternity, uh, and so there is nothing new in the situation. And they would, uh, yeah, even without our military operation in Ukraine, they would have uh, uh, come up with uh, uh, certain like. Uh, excuses uh, to sanction us more and more for whatever we have done or whatever we haven't done like for mm -hmm. i don't know for for the uh, 2016 uh, 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 interference in, in american elections uh, for 2014 annexation of crimea or for uh, for for supporting uh, the breakaway republics of of donbass etc etc but i do not believe in this i do not believe in eternities right so situation changed and we're prior to 2000 and uh, for, for, sorry, prior to the 24th of February, we lived in one reality in mm. which this preemptive strike was just a, a plan, but it, it was it didn't happen. Now we live in a different realm. You know, uh, recently Vladimir Putin said that uh, uh, his his uh, his philosophy is that if the fight is inevitable, you should strike first. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a uh, as a piece of uh, common wisdom, it makes sense. But as a political scientist, I know that uh, preemptive strikes, especially like uh, full-scale preemptive strikes, so to speak, they are not, let's say, they are not 
welcomely expect, uh, accepted by, by the world. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get that. Yeah. Like, But I, I want to weigh in and I want to ask a different thing because we expect the Russians right now, or, or at least part of the Western intelligentsia and elites in economic um, elites, political, they expect Russians to go against Vladimir Putin. But my fear is that they may be falling for this idea, oh, we are this besieged fortress, look what the West is doing to yeah, us. So they are sh showing their true colors right now. And just as a side note, you imagine how much money these corporations are willing to spend just to play this game, but they would never spend it to raise the salaries of those poor people producing all these products like shoes and clothing in Bangladesh and uh, um, uh, India and other places. Just as a side note to see the hypocrisy here, because I have a course in social responsibility of the corporations, and I find this to be very interesting. Yeah, but, but take, take, take Coca-Cola here. I mean, they're okay to, to shoot their own uh, you know, workers who are trying to set up uh, union organizations in Colombia, for example, but and, you know, with to pay yes, for the mercenaries to do that. But then, you know, they, they go to Russia. They want to withdraw from Russia because Russia waged a war on Ukraine or invasion or military operation, whatever you want to refer to. So the hypocrisy is obvious. I quite honestly, I don't even want to, you know, discuss this because it's yes, so it's obvious to most of our... But, yeah. uh, yes, I, I wanted to say about the, the mood because my fear is that right now when you see that level of repression and hatred and cancellation, well, it might backfire and you might find Russians going... Um, along with uh, Putin's propaganda and really thinking, oh, he's the leader, he's going to protect us, he's the only one here that is going to keep us safe. Are the ratings well, higher for him? Once again? Well, are the ratings already higher for him? Yes, yeah. yes. But uh, it's not unique to Russia. I mean, yeah. uh, according to the opinion polls, I know, for example, when the, the first wave of coronavirus strike stroke Uh, all the, uh, at least in the West, uh, the uh, uh, approval rate uh, rating of of the of the sitting governments rose. Uh, and if you if you're in a state of of war of conf uh, of conflict, uh, it's it's uh, it, 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 it's a rule, not an exception of rule, that your your leader uh, gets at least in, mm. in the first in, in the first half of, of this conflict. Uh, your leader uh, gets gets more uh, approval than uh, prior to these uh, extreme conditions. So yes, yeah, and yes, indeed, there are certain let's say unintended consequences for for uh, for many things we do and for many things states do, like all these uh, uh, price hikes and, and whatnot. Uh, but w once again, uh, I mean, uh, we cannot predict the future, but. Uh, Uh, many many things depend on whether or not this uh, military operation would uh, uh, get finished uh, soon with certain like uh, positive outcomes for for Russia at least because uh, and, and and we return to this to this issue about grand narratives and about master plans so once again you you make these uh, emotional driven moves like let's sanction them let's sanction them but uh, Uh, unwittingly, uh, you you make people rely more on the on the president, even if they generally do not support him. But whoever uh, uh, 
whomever would uh, the Russian people address in this situation. That That's the government, the state, nobody else, because we, <laughs> we cannot even use our uh, visa and MasterCards, right? So we cannot address the uh, the West, uh, the world community and whatnot. So we are pushed as Russian citizens towards our government because who else would we address? Right, right. That's That sounds, uh, yeah, absolutely Russian, well, Russian, logical, let's say, okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, another thing that that should be, I suppose, like tackled or maybe explain here is, you know, the... It's obvious, okay, it's it's a psychological social mechanism that when there's this crisis, okay, people start to rally around their leader because that's just, you know, by the force of the psychological circumstances, okay? But uh, then th there's this question of, uh, you know, the West, you know, making those emotional decisions, taking those emotional decisions and, and implementing those emotional decisions. Uh, to me personally, I have to say that it's very disappointing and it has been very disappointing for a long time because, you know, I've, for as long as I've been looking at this developing and growing conflict between Russia and China on the one hand and, and you know, the collective West on the other hand, is that, uh, you know, on, on, the, on the Western end, emotions kept prevailing more and more. And, you know, I, I personally analyze it as their own psychological problem because they are they are going through some kind of mental breakdown where they cannot enforce certain things that they are just used to be able to enforce on anyone anywhere and just get away with whatever happens whatever occurs so that's that's you know one one aspect of it and i'm sure that from this point of view we're going to be we're really all you know shooting ourselves in the foot in in the feet because you know, like we're all going to suffer from this, from those emotional upheavals kind of that, you know, occur on the one side of the barricade, on the other side of the barricade. In the final aftermath, what is happening economically, if I read it correctly, I'm not an economist, but, you know, judging by this, by the magnitude of all those uh, sanctions, it's like, you know, it's almost like throwing back the clock, I don't know, a hundred years or something when, you know, when there was no global uh, economy, but when there were like blocks, like there was one block here, I don't know, the, the, now we're going to have the Russian block, the Chinese block, I don't know, maybe the Euro-Atlantic block, uh, whether it's going to survive or, or not. Like it's, it's a big question mark now for the EU with all the decisions that have been taken. A big, big, in my opinion, question mark whether this community, European community, could actually survive any longer than five or ten years from now. But that's of course a different show but you know i i want you to to uh to comment on you know the, the the kind of russian understanding i mean the russian understanding as far again as i can judge on the basis of everything that i read and you know some of the sources i i find credible some of the sources less but you know putting forward some thoughts and analysis and talking points which i think uh, deserve consideration it looks to me as if there is a consensus within the Russian public opinion that this is not entirely our fault. Like, in a sense that, okay, we did invade Ukraine or we did send troops there or we are doing carrying out this operation, but we don't like it. Like, it's not like we feel that this is something good and we all cheer for, you know, uh, the, the the war to 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 continue and for more war effort and stuff like that. The majority of the Russian public opinion, they seem to be on... On, on the on the kind of side where people say 
well, this is very unfortunate. This is tragic. This is really terrible. But we, this this kind of thing has been forcing has been has been forced on us and forced on us for such a long time that we just had to respond at a, at a certain moment. And uh, well, yeah, we all you know hold uh, our keep our fingers crossed for it to end as fast as possible. But they don't blame you know. They don't blame the authorities, regardless of what one thinks about Putin or, you know, other people there around him. But they don't blame them. They don't say, oh, it's, you know, Putin has done this terrible thing. And now because of him, we all have to suffer. That it's not exactly so. Not it, yet, it, but uh, who yeah, knows? Maybe, 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 maybe not yet. But, but, but it's not exactly playing out the way they thought they would play. And I'm not saying that uh -huh. this must be a grand, uh, grand strategy or a master plan. I think it's just a logical uh, kind of a, a logical, ex uh, the kind of logic behind implementing the sanctions. Otherwise, we're only left with what you uh, referred to a couple of times already, Stanislav, emotions. Like, so, you know, I don't even want to think that they're just doing that in order to satisfy their own emotions. I want to think, you know, at least that there is some kind of political calculus. Uh, involved. Well, well, we, we can return to to this to the psychological aspect of this uh, regarding the uh, general Russian, let us say, consensus. Well, there there is no consensus in Russia, and uh, mm -hmm. there is no consensus in other parts of the world uh, because uh, it, it it is based on your level of education, age, and uh, class, etc., etc. So there there are different different opinions. But generally speaking, like psychologically speaking. Uh, nobody wants to be the baddies, right? We like this uh, uh, internet meme, Hans, are we the baddies, right? With two SS officers, one asking the other, right? So uh, in, in this case, of course, uh, nobody wants, even if he or she disagrees with the decision of the, of the Kremlin to launch this military operation, nobody wants to... Uh, to feel that his or her country is uh, is a bad guy in this in this scene, so people uh, heed what the what the president says. People come up with their own justifications why this mm. or that is the right thing, why we are still the good guys, and we're doing it not for only for increasing our security, but also for for the Ukrainians themselves who have been under. Uh, under the uh, neo-Nazi and Russophobic uh, propaganda for uh, since the uh, since the 2014 coup and something like this. So uh, the other day I was uh, uh, in a taxi and a tra taxi driver. I, I mean, he I guess he he knew something about uh, uh, Samuel Huntington or not him personally, but the concept of the clash of civilizations. So I had a I had a lecture for 40 minutes uh, from, from the taxi driver about the clash of civilizations. So mm. it's not about like us in Ukraine. It's 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 a bigger picture. So every every person just wants to uh, wants to know to to know to know the truth or at least to to justify what's happening. Like religious uh, people, they put it into religious uh, uh, context. Like. Uh, uh, the left-wing people like put it in into Marxist interpretation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there is, I mean, there are there are different uh, different angles to this. And according to, for example, like uh, you said about whether or not we return to the 19th century to to these blocks uh, uh, mentality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, uh, it's true. From let's say from the international relations theory, like uh, uh, there is a liberal international relations theory, meaning that. 
you have to spread democracy to spread peace because democratic states don't fight each other. And if you, even if you help to overthrow the government who is not considered to be fully democratic and you help to install democracy even through certain amounts of violence, it's uh, in the end, it's, uh, it, it's better because this, this country will become uh, democratic and so democracy spreads along with, with peace. According to the realist uh, uh, theory, uh, I, I believe that uh, the Russian uh, uh, leadership uh, subscribes to this realist uh, approach. There is no such thing as democracy or non-democracy. There are just national interests and there are spheres of influence. So once the United States and others help to uh, overthrow the government of uh, Viktor Yanukovych in Ukraine in 2014, they uh, sort of violated our sphere of influence, Russian sphere of influence, and we should, uh, no matter what, uh, by all means necessary, uh, to restore our, uh, our uh, sphere of influence. Okay, so on that note, I would like to end the second segment. Uh, we went a little bit over time. Uh, thank you to all people uh, listening and watching. Thank you, Stanislas, and thank you, Maria. We'll be back uh, shortly. And uh, I want to remind all our viewers and listeners to uh, go ahead and subscribe to uh, whatever channel on whichever platform you're listening or watching this video from uh, on and uh, to please go to our patreon page patreon.com slash the barricade where you can support our eastern european independent journalism thank you so much see you in a while